The Bible tells us that at the crucifixion of Christ, a darkness descended over the land. That's because the light of the world was being extinguished. Join us today as Pastor Ander describes how life without Jesus Christ is a life filled with darkness in this message, Christ is life and light. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Have your Bibles or your technology, particularly your Bibles. You know, I'm always leaning toward the Bible because the technology can cripple you and you not learn the books of the Bible and you'll not turn the pages of scripture. So I know the scriptures in, it's on the software. I do know that, but it makes a difference. You, you elevate your experience with God when you bring that Bible. You hear what I said? You elevate, people ought to see you coming with the Bible because it arrests attention of others, whereas the technology will not do that. So turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And there you'll find these, these words. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach, Christ is life and light. Christ is life and light. As we look around and see what is unfolding before our very eyes, we see that our nation and world are filled with satanic darkness. We see evil on every front. We see despair, corruption. People are so afraid. There are people who are engaging in sexual immorality, having sex with people that are not married to. We have sex trafficking, sexual perversion at all-time high, abortion, the killing of unborn. We have rebellion. We have injustice, political and racial unrest, deception, and terrorism, just to name a few. However, there is hope in the midst of a dark, decadent world. I said again, there is hope in the midst of a dark and decadent world. My friends, God sent his one and only beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to bring true light in a dark world. He is the light of the world, and he came into a dark world to bring true light in the midst of a dark and decadent world. You say, how do you know? Because of what the scripture says. The scripture says in the gospel of John chapter eight, verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He is the light. He is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Beloved, if there is ever time for Christians to shine, it is right now. Christians should not be on a blink. Your light needs to be as bright as it can be right now. With that being said, how brightly does your spiritual light shine for Christ? How bright is your light for Christ? With that being said, I'm going to transition so we can just take a closer look at this. What hinders the light of Christ from shining brightly through you? Now, if I say, have you been born again? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal savior? Do you know that you know, you know, you know that you've been born again? And, and, and you know without a doubt if you were to die this very moment to be absent in the body is to be instantaneously present with the Lord. 
You say, yes, yes, yes. I believe that and I live that. Well, I want to ask you another question alongside that question. How brightly does the light of Christ shine through you? Is it just a little light? Uh, when people see you, the light of Christ is just so evident. It's so evident. They can see Christ in your aura, your personality. They see Christ in your character. They see Christ in your disposition, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you behave. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. It's one thing to say, I'm saved and have the light in you. But the real question is, how brightly does the light of Christ shine through you? So if your light is not shining brightly, then that means that there are some hindrances that's hindering, impeding the light of Christ from shining through you. So let's give some hindrances that perhaps you need to work on so that God's light can shine through you without being clouded or smothered. Number one. An anemic prayer life will hinder the light of Christ in us. An anemic prayer life will hinder the light of Christ through us. My friends, we have enough seminars on prayer. We got enough books on prayer. There's enough talk about prayer. And here at Maranatha, we have many prayer initiatives, but it's just outright time for us to pray. Now, if we had some gospel celebrity artists uh, that's widely known all over the country, you have people standing outside waiting to come in. But when we say, well, let's come to pray in the house of God, then you can say, well, there's one person on each row uh, thereabout. I'm just using some hyperbole here, uh, but the, the crowds are not as big as we have on Sunday morning. And Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But now, if you want a great musical, you get a crowd. You want some great praise dancing, you get a crowd. You want some entertainment, you get a crowd. Uh, we say, let's pray. Oh, I stay home and watch the game. An anemic prayer life will hinder the light of Christ in us. Psalms 55, 17 says, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray. You know what that's saying? All day long, you ought to be praying. That's all day long. All day long and cry aloud. Sometimes when you're praying, listen, you get desperate enough and things hit you from the left to right to front and back. You won't just say, Lord, have mercy. You say, Lord, have mercy. You'll lift your voice and you'll cry out to God in the name of Jesus. I need you now. Father, I need a breakthrough in this issue. And you need to pray with passion with some of the issues you are confronted with in your life. You say, There's nothing happening to me right now. Yeah, but you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming. As electricity generates light, so a powerful prayer life causes the light of Christ to shine brightly through believers. As electricity generates light, so a powerful prayer life causes the light of Christ to shine brightly through believers. The more prayer you have, the brighter the light of Christ will shine through you. Number two, another thing that hinders the light of Christ shining through you brightly is a deficiency of the word of God. A deficiency of the word of God in your life will impede the light of Christ emanating through you. A deficiency of the word of God 
in your life will impede the light of Christ emanating through you. Colossians 3.16a says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly, you ought to be rich with the word of God. The light of Christ shines brightly in believers whose lives are saturated with the word of God. In other words, you should let the word of God soak in you. When your life is saturated with the word of God, then the light of Christ will be so evident and people will take notice that you have been with Jesus. Some Christians are all heat and no light. You say, what is heat? All emotions. I mean, you can't beat them jumping and hollering and screaming and falling all over and making strange sounds and and doing all that kind of stuff. And they get up and go out of here and be the biggest devil on this side of Mississippi River. Listen, God is not as concerned about how, how you jump and scream and shout in his church. He's more concerned about how you walk when you land, how you live when you land, your attitude when you land. It's not all about emotions. Now, don't get me wrong. Emotions is is a part of worship, but also the intellect dealing with the whole man. The whole woman is also a part of worship. There are people who are all emotion. They'll shout, 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 shout. When it's time to give, they stop shouting. They're all emotions and have very little light. And that light is Christ. And the light is also his word. Psalms 119, 105 says, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let me tell you something. This world is so dark. This world has so many satanic booby traps. This world has so many pitfalls. It has so many snares. You had better have the lamp of God's word illuminating your life and your path. The world is so dark until you need the lamp of God's word navigating your path in life. If not, you're going to end up somewhere that's not good. You end up on the wrong side of the road. You end up in a lot of trouble simply because you're not walking by the lamp of the light of God's word. Christians sing a song titled, This Little Light of Mine, to indicate that we have a part in salvation offered by Jesus and a responsibility to display the light and life he offers. Listening today as Pastor Render continues to explain the significant part the second person in the Godhead plays, giving and sustaining life in this message, Christ is life and light. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. My friends, A lack of discipline and studying the word of God will keep believers from growing in Christ. A lack of discipline in reading the word of God. Now, there are people who come on the television, but they won't open the Bible. And you can't grow. And that's why the church is so weak, because the church has so many spiritual babies. They're whining and they're messy and they're they're selfish. And they want their own way because they're acting like immature babies. And the worst thing you can do is put spiritual immature babies who just came to Christ. All the babies aren't like those who just came to Christ today, this past week. You can be 40 years old. When you, when you come to Christ, you are a spiritual baby at the age of 40. Okay? If you are 80 years old just coming to Christ, guess what? 
you're not an 80 year old adult spiritually. You are an 80 year old spiritual infant who has to go through the process of maturation to get what God will have you to be to the glory of his name. That's why it says in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him, Christ, be the glory both now and forever. Amen. If you don't grow, you won't know the word of God. You won't know the strategies of Satan. You won't have spiritual discernment. You'll marry. If you're not growing in the word, you'll marry and date the wrong person. You'll buy something you shouldn't be buying. You'll go places you shouldn't be going simply because you're not growing to know the difference. What else hinders the light of Christ from shining through you brightly? Number three, selfishness. Selfishness. Matthew 16, 24, says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Underline that in your Bible. Please, in the name of Jesus, deny yourself. Now, Satan... You know what Satan's first primary objective is? His first primary objective in your life is to keep you from getting to Christ. He's going to do everything within his power to keep you from getting to Jesus because he wants you damned and on your way to hell in a Christless eternity, burning forever and yet never being consumed. Out of darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you say, well, I, I have a good time in hell. All my friends down there, don't you fool yourself. There's no party in hell. Don't you believe that hellish stuff? Satan said, oh yeah, you're going to believe that. You're going to believe that. Out of darkness. There's no fellowship in now now. Oh no. Forever without Christ. Forever without hope. No jailbreaks. No plea bargaining. Hell is a terrible place, my friends. And if you get saved, if you get born again, you know what his number two objective in your life is? To keep you wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in yourself. All about you. The me syndrome. He said, oh my goodness. I didn't want to see Joe. And I'm not talking to you, Joe, if your name is Joe. I'm just using that. I, I wish I could call the name. If your name, well, let's just say Tutu. Okay. <laughs> if your name is Tutu. Okay. Tutu, uh, Satan wants to do everything in it, wants to do everything in his power to keep Tutu from coming to Christ. Y'all laughing at that, that name. That's a pretty good name. But if Tutu gets saved, Guess what? His next objective is to keep you focused on you because he knows you'll never rise to your God-given potential. We impede the light of Christ shining through us when we promote ourselves instead of promoting Christ. This means we must make much of Christ and put him first. Make much of Christ and put him first. In other words, it's not about you. If you're over the ensemble, it's not my ensemble. If you're over the staff, it's not my staff. If you're over, if you're the media, it's not my media. This is not my church. It's the Lord's church. It's the Lord's ensemble. It's the Lord's staff. We need to take the mind out. It's about the Lord and his work. We need to make much of Christ and put him first. Matthew 6.33a also says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You cannot shine brightly possessing a spirit of selfishness. It's all about you. Jealousy will smother the light out. Materialism. Negativity. You're not seeking God first if you're negative. You're not seeking God first if you possess a judgmental spirit. If you're timid. 
If you have a contentious spirit, you fight about everything. Everything's an issue. Make a sudden change. Something you wasn't expecting. Listen, life is transitional. Changes will happen. You changing. Your child is changing. Your circumstances are changing. Your looks are changing. Listen, we can have things planned one way in the Lord's worship experience and all of a sudden God can redirect and we need to get out the way and let him change however he so orders. It's not about us. It's about him. A contentious spirit. A defeated spirit. You defeat yourself. I can't do it. I can't, can't, can't. Well, no, the reason you can't is because you told yourself you can't. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A defeatist mentality keep you from seeking Christ first. Succumbing to worldly distractions. I was telling a brother just the other day. Sometimes you have to preach a message four times. Four times. He said, why do you do series? Well, you got to understand. If I just preach one message, one time, do you know how often people come to church? <laughs> a person who say they are actively born again and say they're a good member, now they say, do you not know that the average church member not come once a month and they are comfortable in it? So if I preach one message one time, guess what? I've missed the majority of the people. You know why? Guess how many of y'all wasn't here last Sunday? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you, you, you might just be visiting today for whatever reason. Or you could have been sick on vacation. So I'm not trying to show anybody up. But I'm just saying, when is the last time you've come four consecutive times in a row on time? Think about that. Just think about that. Is it all about you? Worldly distractions. People at the movies on Sunday. Car washes on Sunday. Petsmark on Sunday. H-E-B on Sunday. They're having picnics. I'm not saying you can't do this. God is not some kind of cosmic killjoy trying to steal every piece of joy out of your life. God loves it when you have picnics. God wants you to have family time. God wants you to rest. God wants you to go shopping. You can even shop on Sunday. Just make sure you've gone to worship. That's right. That's right. You can go golfing. Make sure you go to church. Huh? Watch the game. Go to church first. Won't y'all say amen? amen. Some of y'all couldn't come to vacation Bible school last Sunday because the game, this past week, because the game was on. Listen, you, it doesn't get good until the end. And even then it's not good sometimes. Worldly distractions, all that stuff in your phones, all that stuff in your watch. Your watch got all kind of images now. It's doing all kind of dazzling stuff. You know, you can't even see what time it is because it's, it's telling you what's going on over in Afghanistan somewhere. You drunk on news. Being apathetic is a distraction and you're not seeking God first. Apathy is at an all time high in the Lord's church. A non-committal spirit. You won't commit to nothing. You know why you don't want to commit to nothing? It will, because you're afraid it's going to cost you something. So you just stay disengaged. I want to be saved, but I want to coast to heaven. A non-committal spirit. Number four, what keeps the light of Christ from shining brightly through us? Hypocrisy. It keeps the light of Christ from shining brightly through us. Uh, Matthew 23, 28 says, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men. 
but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's deep, y'all. You see, my friends, a hypocrite is to mask one's true self and play a part as in play acting on the stage. I said again, a hypocrite is to mask one's true self and play a part as in play acting on the stage. They pretend to possess qualities or beliefs that they really do not have. This is a person who pretends to be what he is not or what she is not. They deceive by intentionally misleading and they use spiritual talk to hide their corrupt motives. Listen to this closely. Play acting should stay on the stage and has no place in one's life or in the Lord's church. I said again, play acting should stay on the stage. Go down to to the Majestic Theater and watch a good play, okay? But play acting has no place in your life or in the Lord's church. Listen, y'all, with all the things that's happening, with all the evil, all the drugs, all the shootings and killings, all, I mean, it's stuff, before you can digest one thing, here's, here's a whole new evil. Am I talking to anybody in here? I mean, it, we're being bombarded with thing after thing after thing. If you fly, you wonder what crazy nut is on that plane. That's right. If you go to a game, is there going to be a bomb in here? If you go here, if you go, if you go to a movie theater like in Colorado and then they shoot the whole, listen, let me tell you something. Satan is too busy. The world is too dangerous for you to be playing in the Lord's church. We don't need any play acting in here. We need folk who are real in here. Who are real in here. Oh my goodness. Very, very, that's very, very, very important. We must get that, my friends, in our hearts. Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9a says, the word of God says, Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you. He need people wondering who he was talking about. Saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth. They talk about God and their religious talk. And honor me with their lips. But their hearts is far from me. And in vain, they worship me. Now, it's a bad, bad day when you can dress up, get up here, come to the Lord's house. And God says, everything you did today that was supposed to be about me was in vain and I didn't even accept it. I didn't accept your prayer. I didn't accept your offering. I didn't accept your song because I saw your motive. I saw what you did yesterday. I saw what you did in secret. I saw the drugs. I saw that person you were sleeping with that you wasn't married to. I saw stuff I shouldn't have seen, but you got to realize I'm an all seeing God. And then I see how you come and sing in the choir. And stand as an usher uh, in the media ministry or in the ensemble or as a teacher or preacher or deacon or elder, whatever you are. And folk don't know it. And you're the biggest hypocrite in the church. You know, some people say they don't come to church because of all the hypocrites. Now, I got something to say about that. (laughs) I wish they'd tell me that. 
I said, if there's a hypocrite, this is where they ought to be. Not in the club. Huh? Not in some kind of sports bar. I'd rather have being a hypocrite here with the aim of getting them converted, transformed, and made new in Christ. To fall. How are they going to fall in conviction at some strip club? At a bowling alley? You know, they're down there at the sports centers playing sports and basketball and all volleyball and all this kind of stuff. You know, if they're not right, this is the place where not right folk come to get right. Did you hear what I said? You just, and stop looking around trying to see who's a hypocrite. You just make sure you get your own life right. There's enough issues in your own life that you need to address. You don't have time to be looking at everybody else's life. All them fingers and stuff pointing them, they come, got them, those others coming back at you. You know, listen, I, when I get through dealing with Randall Draper, I'm tired. I don't have time to be eyeing you, putting you under surveillance, tracking you. I need to be tracking me, policing me. It's me, oh Lord, who's standing in the need of prayer because I don't want my worship. I don't want whatever I do for Christ to be in vain. He says, and in vain they worship me. Y'all get that? In vain. In vain. Say in vain. In vain they worship me. Be mindful. It is impossible to be a hypocrite and shine for Christ at the same time. The light of Christ shines brightly through believers who are genuine, who are authentic, who are real. In other words, what you see should be what you get. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.